The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome to the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com, your daily morning podcast, updating you on everything you need to know to win your fantasy baseball league. Let's talk about baseball. Welcome, everyone. Happy Tuesday. My name is Daniel Port, and I'll be your host today. It was a weird day on Monday. There were only seven games, and of the 14 teams that played, uh, seven of them actually only scored one run or fewer, so there was not a ton of action uh, to necessarily talk about, but we're going to dive right in and take a look at what we need to know from yesterday's games. Let's get started with the MLB injuries and news and notes. So starting with the Cubs, first off, they signed Fran Mil Reyes. That's a really interesting pickup for them. I really like that. I think he has a ton of potential. I mean, this is a guy who hit 30 home runs in back-to-back seasons just a year ago. I like them taking the chance and seeing if he can turn things around for them, especially since he's got a few option years still left as well. In other news, Kyle Hendricks for the Cubs underwent an MRI on his injured shoulder on Monday. We should be getting results on that today. He is currently on the injured list with that shoulder injury. Jason Hayward, according to general manager Jed Hoyer, he said Monday that Hayward will not play again this season because of his knee injury. And uh, while they keep him on the team for the rest of the season, they will release him in the offseason moving forward from there. For the Cincinnati Reds, Jonathan India was listed as day-to-day with a hamstring injury, but he said after the game that he plans to be in the starting lineup for Tuesday's game against the Mets, so that is a great sign. Mike Moustakas is also day-to-day with an undisclosed injury, but the rumor is that he will also be good to go for today as well. Kyle Farmer is listed as day-to-day. He was scratched from the lineup on Monday's game against the Mets due to neck stiffness, so we'll keep an eye on his status for today. The Houston Astros have listed Kyle Tucker as day-to-day with an illness. He appeared off the bench in Sunday's game. Uh, against the Guardians, but we'll have to see what his status is for today. Lance McCullers Jr. struck out five over five innings and allowed five runs on seven hits in a rehab start, including two home runs uh, and three walks with Triple A Sugarland as he's attempting to come back from a forearm injury. For the Angels, Mickey Moniak is listed as going on the 10-day injured list with an undisclosed injury. For the Twins, Royce Lewis was cleared to resume walking without the aid of crutches, which is uh, three weeks after he underwent surgery to repair a torn ACL in his right knee. Randy Dobnik is scheduled to begin a minor league rehab assignment on Thursday. Ryan Jeffers had the cast removed on a surgically repaired right thumb and is now sporting a removable splint. For the Yankees, Matt Carpenter, unfortunately, was diagnosed with a broken left foot after leaving Monday's game against Seattle. Anthony Rizzo is listed as day-to-day with a back injury. He wasn't in the starting lineup for Monday's game against the Mariners. We'll have to keep an eye on his status today. 
For the Oakland Athletics, Brent Honeywell Jr. will throw a simulated game in Arizona on Friday as he attempts to come back from an elbow injury. For the Mariners, Jesse Winker is listed as day-to-day. He left Monday's game against the Yankees due to back spasms. Keep an eye on his status for the day. Matthew Boyd faced hitters in a live batting practice session on Monday. And Diego Castillo is set to begin a rehab assignment in the coming days with high A Everett. For Tampa Bay, Tyler Glasnow, who's been out all season with an elbow injury, hasn't been yet ruled out for the remainder of the 2022 season so we may still see him this year we'll just have to wait and see for the rangers joe barlow according to uh, texas manager chris woodward he said that barlow could be activated in time for today's series opener against the astros as he's coming back from a finger injury and the toronto blue jays have mentioned that george springer could return from the injured list when first eligible on august 15th as he is out with an elbow injury nate pearson is now throwing from a distance of up to 120 feet for the blue jays which is a great sign in his recovery from a lat injury and ross stripling threw a bullpen session on monday as he's attempting to come back from a hip injury and is currently on the 15-day injured list now uh moving on from the news and notes of the day jumping into hitters that caught my eye and again there are only so many games going on a lot of teams didn't score i'm trying to maybe dive in a little deeper than i normally do here but for the blue jays ramiel tapia Went three for four with an RBI, and he's actually been uh, pretty darn good recently. He's hitting 280 on the season, but over his last 15 games, he's hitting 362 with a 511 slugging percentage. Uh, he only has one home run over that time period. He's not much of a power hitter, but what's fascinating is in 15 games, he has 15 RBIs. And that lineup's so stacked that he can hit in the seventh or eighth hole and still put up RBI numbers, but he's mostly just an average. That's what he's going to hit for and not give you a lot of power or anything else. The only concern I have is he's not really stealing any bases, which is the major reason you'd add him. So if you need help in, in the average department in a lot of deep league, you know, 15 team leagues or whatnot, I definitely think Tapia could help you there. Take a look at him. Also, Kevin Biggio went one for three with a home run, and this is his third home run. And Biggio's been up and down all season long. He was fantastic in June, where he had a hit 271 with two home runs and was a 167 WRC plus hitter. And then he fell off the face of the earth in July, where he's just a 72 WRC plus hitter. But has gotten right back at it in August with a 151 WRC plus over the five games he's played in August. When he's good, he's barreling the ball at high rates. You know, in June, he was hitting like almost 16% for his barrel rate. He's up back up around 9%. So that's the thing you want to keep an eye on is when he's barreling the ball when he struggled in June he was barely in the ball at just a four percent rate but right now he's swinging the bat real well and you will want him for the Orioles Ramon Urias went one for four with his 12th home run on the season and Urias has been actually really good coming through the month of July he hit 329 with a 955 OPS with five home runs over the month of July and while he slumped a little bit coming back in August seeing this home run certainly gives some faith that he's getting it going again he hit the ball way more in the air in July than he has over this season 43.5% of the time he hit fly balls he pulled the ball 45.2% of the time when you combine those two things with a 9.7% barrel rate and a 45.2% hard hit rate you're going to see a lot of power and that really helped lead to this finish fantastic month for Urias. While he hasn't seen it in the results yet, those numbers are actually even better in the month of August. He's got a 14.3% barrel rate so far, a 93.1 mile per hour exit velocity, a 17.5 degree launch angle, and a 42.9% hard hit rate while hitting the ball near around 50% of the time and pulling around 47.6% of the time. So while we haven't seen a ton of power yet for Urias in this month, it definitely should be coming if that keeps up. He should be starting to see some of those home runs coming in bunches sooner rather than later. He's widely available in all leagues, and he could be a really good source of power down the stretch if you need it. He might be well worth the add, especially when Baltimore's playing away from Camden Yards as he's hitting 274 with an 801 OPS on the road. So definitely take a look at him because after this series with the Blue Jays that ends on Wednesday, they actually head on the road for the next seven games. So he could uh, really be useful over that stretch. 
For the Mets, Tyler Naquin went one for three with a triple and two RBIs and a walk. He's been on fire over his last seven games. He's at 471 with a 500 OBP and a one slugging percentage. He's got two home runs. He's just been absolutely on fire. And he's continued to hit since coming over to the Mets at the trade deadline. Now, while Naquin isn't starting every single game, he's getting plate appearances in every game. And he's making the most of them when he gets to hit. And I don't know if he'll truly get enough consistent playing time to say warrant picking him up in, in a weekly league or where any league where lineups lock for long periods of times. But if you're in a daily league or like an odd new league or anything like that, you really well worth picking up or getting your hands on as historically he's been great when he gets on one of these hot streaks that he's currently on right now. So definitely keep an eye on Tyler Naquin. For the Reds, Jose Barrero went two for four with a stolen base. And again, I'm still not picking up a Barrero yet. He hasn't really gotten going. He's only hitting 222 on the season, and it's a really small sample. But seeing him steal a base here at least confirms the power speed potential that I was talking about that has really had scouts pretty high on him for a while now. I'm still going to wait a few games to see a larger sample and see how he does. But this is definitely worth keeping your eye close to this player and see how he does. For the Nationals, Luke Voigt went one for four with a, a home run. This is Voigt's second home run in three games, and he has been absolutely on fire since joining the Nationals. He's got seven hits and three walks in five games. He's still out there in a ton of leagues. When he gets hot, we know what his power potential is. This is a guy who led the league in home runs just two years ago. So uh, he's still out there in a ton of leagues. Definitely worth an add, especially if you need power or help at first base for sure. For the Cubs, uh, Nelson Velasquez went three for four with his sixth home run of the season, three RBIs and a walk. And this is his fourth home run in his last 15 games played, and he suddenly started four straight games because the playing time was always the issue. But there's a lot to like in Velasquez's power potential. He's got a 90.5 mile per hour exit velocity on the season, a 14.8 degree launch angle with a 16.1% barrel rate and a 45.2 hard hit percentage. Those are all numbers that speak to someone who's going to hit the ball of the yard quite a bit. And you add in that he hits the ball in the air 45.2% of the time. And while he certainly strikes out too much at around 29% or so, this does feel like a profile ripe for power production. So if you need home runs, I'd certainly be adding him, especially if it continues to look like he's going to get consistent playing time here. Christopher Morrell also went two for four with a home run and two RBIs and two runs scored. It's nice to see this for Morrell. His playing time had been a bit erratic lately. And so hopefully this shows that he's gotten going and starts earning his way into more playing time. It'd been a while uh, since he started to show this power as he did just a 383 slugging percentage over his last 15 games. So hopefully this is a sign that he's going to start getting going again. He gets to play every day, especially since they just sent down Frank Swindell. I'm not adding him yet, but I'm definitely going to be checking his box scores every day for sure. For the Mariners, Mitch Haniger went three for four with a home run and two runs scored. This is his fourth home run on the season, his first since coming back from the 60-day injured list, and he's been absolutely on fire since coming back. He's got five hits in three games, including a double and a home run and two walks. There are some leagues out there in which Hanniger is still on a roster. Check and see if it's one of yours, because if so, you, you have to pick him up. He's definitely a game-changer when he's healthy, and at least for now, he finally is. So while he's healthy, you definitely should be rostering him in all of your leagues. So those are the hitters that caught my eye. To jump into pitchers. So sticking with the Mariners, Logan Gilbert had a really rough start. He had went four innings pitched, giving up 10 hits and seven earned runs with just two strikeouts and a walk. Gilbert had been incredible in July, really good. He's really fallen apart here in August. In his two starts, he's given up 13 earned runs over 9.1 innings pitched. It's just never what you want to see. But what's worth noting is both starts were against the Yankees. So not only a good lineup, but a lineup that's going to absolutely demolish you if they get to see you twice in, in back-to-back starts here. I'm not necessarily panicking at yet. He gets the hapless Angels next, so hopefully he'll get a chance to right the ship and get going. I'm still starting him in that game. I still have faith despite these the, the start here. For the Yankees on the other side, this is Jameson Tyone went seven innings pitched with three earned runs given up, three walks, and six strikeouts. Despite the 11-2 record that Tyone has on the season, he's really struggled over his last seven starts. He has a 540 ERA 
ERA over that time period in just 36.2 innings pitched. This is only his third quality start since June 2nd. And really, the thing that's been killing him is walks. He's been walking far too many hitters. To give you an idea, in his last four starts, he's walked 12 hitters. So until that gets under control, I am not interested in Jameson Tyone right now. I need to see that get back on track before I recommend him in any way. For the Orioles, Jordan Lyles went 5.2 innings pitched, giving up two earned runs, two walks, striking out one, and giving up eight hits. Lyles has actually been pretty solid over his last seven starts to the tune of a 3.52 ERA over 38.1 innings pitched with 28 strikeouts. He has four quality starts in his last eight starts, all of which have been two earned runs or fewer given up. He's been really relying on his fastball a whole lot more recently, and I think that has helped unlock his slider a little bit as that's been performing a lot better since July 1st. Other than that, nothing has really changed to explain why he's performing better, but it really does seem like the slider is the key for him. So watch to make sure that's having success, that he's throwing that well and locating it well, as it seems like the slider is really going to be the key for Jordan Lyles. He gets Tampa Bay next. They're an average offense, and Lyles' major weakness is giving up the home run. And Tampa's 24th in home runs on the year. So I, if I need the stream, I'd probably start him there, but do so with caution. For the Reds, Justin Dunn went 4.2 innings pitched, giving up three earned runs with two strikeouts, two walks, and five hits given up. After finding some success with a 3.75 ERA with a strikeout per inning and 11 starts for Seattle in 2021, everyone got excited, especially after a stretch from May 1st on, where over a seven-game stretch he had only one start where he gave up more than two earned runs. People were really expecting big things out in this season. This was his first start of the season, and it was tough to see him struggle in this one, but I'm willing to chalk it up to his first start, especially since it was against the Mets, which is a, just a great lineup. So I'll wait to see more before I make a judgment. He gets the Cubs on Sunday, so I totally get starting him there. I may wait to see it before I pick him up, but if you need the start at the end of the week, it's definitely a good match up and we know Dunn has the talent as he did it last year. For the Cubs, Keegan Thompson went six innings pitched, giving up one earned run with three strikeouts and a walk. Thompson's legit. I think he's really talented. He struggled lately. He had a five earned run debacle in his last start, and he had another five earned blow up against the Mets on July 14th. But since July 1st, in his other four starts, he's given up a total of just two earned runs over that time period. He was practically unhittable in April and May. There's just a lot from Thompson here, even if he doesn't necessarily pitch deep into games all that often. He gets the Reds next, which makes him a must start. For the Angels, Jose Suarez went seven innings pitched, striking out eight and giving up no earned runs. Just two walks. Suarez might finally be turning a corner here. He's a 3.31 ERA over his last seven starts with 35 case in 35.1 innings pitched and a 1.05 whip. Part of that is his last three starts. He got to face Oakland twice and Kansas City. Shut all of them out. That definitely helps. But the, the truth be told, I'll have a four-run blowout to Baltimore on July 10th and a six-run debacle against the Dodgers. He's actually been pretty darn good from June 1st onward as even with those starts, he has a 3.68 earned run average since June 1st. He's really started relying heavily on his slider and what it's done is it's ended up pairing with his changeup, which is an incredibly good pitch. And those two pitches have really flourished. He's pulled way back on his fastball. So there is definitely a change that he's made to his pitch mix. This might be legit. He gets the Mariners next, and I definitely could be persuaded to start him there and hope he keeps it in the ballpark. For the Athletics, Cole Irving went eight innings pitched, giving up one earned run and six strikeouts. Uh, Irving, this is just remarkable. This is his seventh quality start in a row. It's generally been fantastic to watch. His fastball and slider have both been fantastic on the season. And over the streak, what he did is he cut down on his changeup usage and eliminated his cutter completely and increased the usage on both the fastball and the slider. And it's rewarded him immensely. It's been super fun to watch. If he's out there, pick him up. Otherwise, just enjoy uh, watching Cole Irving pitch. For the Giants, Alex Wood went 6.1 innings pitched, struck out five, giving up no earned runs. Wood has really turned his season around. He's pitched to a, the tune of a 2.54 ERA with 39 strikeouts over 39 innings pitched over his 
last seven starts. He's really up to slider usage to 41%, and he's got way back on his fastball usage, his changeup usage, and certainly paid off because, shockingly, all three pitches have suddenly flourished with that new pitch mix. So I'm all in on Alex Wood. I think this is great. He gets Pittsburgh next, and for me, that's a must-start. So if Alex Wood's out there, definitely go grab him. So those are the pictures that have caught my eye from yesterday's games. Before we jump into uh, today's games and what we're watching, let's actually take a real quick break here. Hey, Alex Fast here, and thanks for listening to this podcast on the Pitcher List Podcast Network. If you're a fan, consider supporting all of us by getting a PL Plus subscription, where you're going to get an ad-free website and get access to our Discord, where you can talk to all of our podcast hosts and staff. Plus, you can hang out with our incredible Pitcher List community. It's basically a baseball sanctuary year-round for as low as $8 a month. You can sign up at PitcherList.com backslash plus, and you're going to get your first month free with promo code podcast also don't forget to check out everything else we do as well from youtube videos live streams newsletters off-season articles tiktoks breakdowns over 15 baseball podcasts on our network we can't stop talking about baseball even during the off-season so sign up for pl plus today at pitcherlist.com backslash plus and use promo code podcast to get your first month free all right thanks for listening let's get back to the show before we go, uh, move on, let's also check in with Mark Paquette for the weather. Thank you very much. Well, unlike yesterday where there was no weather issues because it's such a small slate, we have a full slate today, um, and there will be a few. The biggest weather issue looks to me is going to be the Marlins at the Phillies. We're going to have a cold front that's moving through the northeast and mid-Atlantic. Now, the cold front should be far enough north to not affect Baltimore, but it should be far enough south where New York, the Mets, shouldn't be affected too much. So Philly right in the middle is going to be the biggest threat. Again, Marlins at Phillies looks to be the biggest threat, and that should be about it. Anyways, I'll talk to you again tomorrow. Thank you. Thank you so much, Mark. So now, what am I watching today? Uh, interesting. There's a lot of sort of one-sided matchups, uh, a lot of good teams playing bad teams. I am intrigued by Braxton Garrett for the Marlins going up against Zach Wheeler for Philadelphia. This could absolutely be his breakout season. He's been really fun to watch, and it's always a good time watching Zach Wheeler. Uh, Martin Perez uh, is going against Jose Urquidy as the Rangers take on the Astros, and that could be a fun uh, matchup to watch as well as we Martin Perez continues his season for the ages and going up against the, one of the best offenses in baseball. The Padres are taking on the Giants. That's a rivalry. It's already been a bit heated with a lot of smack talk, and it's just going to be a really fun game to watch there as well. The Twins are taking on the Dodgers. That's Joe Ryan taking on Julio Urias. That could be a really fun matchup to watch, especially as Joe Ryan has struggled lately. It'll be fun to see if he can pull it out against one of the toughest teams in baseball. And finally, my marquee matchup of the day, the Yankees are taking on the Mariners. That gives us Garrett Cole pitching against Luis Castillo. That is going to be a super fun matchup to watch, and that is one I will be watching for sure, no doubt. Now, in terms of hitters that I'm looking to stream today, any Royals hitters you can get your hands on versus Lance Lynn, who's been really struggling this season. Any Cubs hitters going up against the Nationals and Paolo Espino, who's really been bad this year. As I mentioned earlier, Nelson Velasquez, Rafael Ortega, Christopher Morel, any of those hitters uh, could be really nice starts today. Anyone for the Brewers, thinking of Andrew McCutcheon or anyone else that might be out there. And any Cardinals you can get your hands on going against Corey Feltner of the Rockies. And really any of the Pirates and the Diamondbacks, they're playing each other today. They're both throwing out terrible pitchers. So really any of those hitters for those two teams could be maybe worth streaming as well. There aren't a lot of pitching matchups I'm looking forward to streaming here today. Just really aren't any good matchups I like. I guess if I had to, he's probably pretty widely owned. But Marcus Stroman is going against the Nationals, and that should go pretty well for him, especially if you're looking in DFS or anything like that. So that is everything from today. I hope this was informative. I know there weren't a ton of games, but we should be back on track starting today with all sorts of baseball action. Uh, until then, I will see you tomorrow morning as I'll be back here. And enjoy the rest of your day. 
This has been the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, rate us on iTunes, follow us on Twitter at PitcherList, and help support what we do by joining our Discord with PitcherList Plus at PitcherList.com slash plus.